What is the connection between fine arts and dermatology? Can dermatology be considered art? Are dermatologists artists of the skin? Welcome to the ADV podcast. In today's episode, Professor Johannes Tring, Professor Gunther Burg, and Dr. Michael Geiges attempt to explore parallels between fine arts and dermatology in skin representations and the search for the flawlessness of the incarnate, referencing the book Dermatology. Professor Gunther Burg is a longtime chairman at the Department of Dermatology of Zurich University. He has provided crucial international momentum through his work in dermato-oncology and dermatohistopathology, especially in cutaneous lymphomas and malignant melanoma. After retiring in 2006, his main interest is medical education and training on the international level. Dr. Miguel Gaigas is a senior physician at the Dermatology Clinic of the University Hospital of Zurich and a research associate at the Institute of Evolutionary Medicine of the University of Zurich. He is also the director of the Museum of Wax Mulesia in Zurich. He is a board member of several dermatological and historical medical societies and the president of the European Society of History of Dermatology and Venerology. Get ready to experience cutting-edge science and innovation in dermatology and venerology at the upcoming EADV Congress in Berlin, Germany from the 11th to the 14th of October 2023. The Congress is one of the largest international gatherings dedicated to dermatology and venerology, providing a platform for the brightest minds in research, clinicians and top industry professionals to come together, make connections and foster scientific collaboration. The diverse CME-accredited interactive programme covering the full A to Z of hot topics also includes innovative hands-on workshops, subspecialty sessions and industry sessions. The exhibition hall will provide opportunities for delegates to explore the latest technologies, treatments and products in the field to date. The wait is over. Tickets to attend the Congress on-site in Berlin are on sale now. Be sure to check out edvcongress2023.org for more information. And now, the floor goes to the professors. Hello, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a special podcast to the topic Dermatology and Art, the skin in the arts. And I am... My name is Johannes Ring. I'm the editor-in-chief of our journal, JEADV. And I'm very happy to welcome here in the studio two experts, namely Professor Günther Burg, Professor Emeritus, longtime chairman at the Department of Dermatology of Zurich University, and also very actively engaged in teaching, education, founder of the project Do It, himself expert of lymphoma and having written many, many books. And together with him is Dr. Michael Geiges, who is um, also a dermatologist, but also very much interested in history of medicine and history of arts. And is a curator of the Wax Moulages Museum and also head of a task force of EADV. So I would like to start um, addressing Günther Burg. And I should mention that both of them, and together with the third author, Katrin Hook, they just wrote a beautiful book called Derm Artology. And so, Professor Burg, how did you come to write this book? May you briefly, or what made you come to this idea? I mean, like most dermatologists, I also, during my lecturing time, I uh, was aware of the many paintings which show 
dermatosis. So maybe it's, it's very known the painting of uh, um, of uh, Domenico who showed the arena fema, uh, and this painting is called "Old Man with His with His Grandson." So there is no mentioning of Rhinophema because at that time, uh, at least the painters did not know anything about uh, dermatosis. So this was one point which brought me using these paintings during the lecture time. And the other thing is just the the idea that and and the, uh, the a little bit serendipity, uh, uh, a lucky. Um, idea that there obviously on the market was not yet any book which put together all these paintings. And so I started to look through the many catalogs and and also museums and wherever one can find these paintings. And, and I, I figured out and collected a few of them and put them together with Michael Geiges, who uh, uh, who was dealing with the um, with the with the uh, moulage part, and with uh, a um, curator of the Zurich Kunsthaus, Catherine Hook, who gave us a lot of uh, uh, very good um, advices how to write this book together. And I should really mention, this is a very beautiful book with so many uh, beautiful pictures. And you will be surprised, but you probably might have missed in some museum walking through. And it's a very interesting. And uh, Dr. Geiges, uh, please, um, what is your motivation in, in here? Well, um Günther uh, told me about his project uh, and well uh, we've done other medical historical or cultural projects together and I was extremely interested in this dermatology is visual extremely visual and as the curator of the Wax Moulages Museum in Zurich um, I'm involved uh, also in the history of pictures in dermatology, uh, which are of great importance today. We, we always show pictures uh, in lectures. We talk about what we see. And this was not always like this. And especially wax moulages have been uh, of importance for teaching, or still are again important of teaching. So we have a collection for more than uh, 2,500 moulages and we use them in teaching. And therefore, um, the idea of uh, using also pictures of moulages in this book to show the diseases um, made it interesting. So I was uh, directly concerned and also uh, for the medical historical part, of course, as I'm working 50% as a medical historian. So that's how I came to this book. <laughs> so um, when this came to my mind, of course, dermatology and art. So what would you associate? I thought, okay, maybe some um, paintings have a, a dermatological disease like 
Günter Burg mentioned at the beginning, but there's also much more. Uh, is dermatology an art, Günter? What it, do you think? It's certainly an art. If one looks for the product, uh, the pro if you talk about art, then the producer of the art is an artist. So dermatologists are artists and everybody is vain and everybody is trying to have a smooth skin to be young and beauty. We are, we, I mean the dermatologists, are the only discipline which cares of the smoothness of its organ. I mean, look at the gastroenterologists or the <laughs> neurologists. I mean, nobody would, have, would get to the idea to have no folds or no wrinkles or to, to get rid of them. So in, in this respect, which is a little, little bit ridiculous, certainly, sorry for this uh, comment, but, but we are the really the, the people and the, 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 the doctors who look for the beautiful, for the beauty of our organ we take care for. If I, if I just may add to what Michael Geiges just said, uh, to, I looked for the, in searching in uh, the paintings of great, great uh, old masters, I looked for the two-dimensional projection, whereas in, uh, and, and the two-dimensional uh, of painters who always tried to idealize the skin. So to make it as they, they didn't paint so many things which they saw, but due to the to the uh, uh, persons who gave him who who, who gave him the um, uh, told told the painter to make a picture a portrait, uh, they did not dare to show all the ugly. Uh, <laughs> changes of the skin, maybe, and and uh, Michael Geiges with the moulages is looking for the three three dimensional, and in a very academic um, way, uh, it's the intention of the of the uh, moulages to show the I mean not ugly, but to show the, the diseased skin, whereas in the two-dimensional paintings, the skin is always idealized. Well, and um, that's very well taken. But also, I think among dermatologists, there is a special dermatology aesthetics. So we sometimes discover ourselves talking about such a beautiful psoriasis. The patient doesn't <laughs> like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what is the basis of our aesthetics in this moment? I think in, in this respect, moulages are really interesting. And it fits a bit also to the reason why we decided to, to show pictures of moulages, because they are art also. And um, you get a little bit of a distance to the real patients. Moulages are made over a cost, so they really show how it looks like and also as a dermatologist you have to approve they are extremely realistic but still they are out of wax and they are um, art objects which makes it easier to 
to look at these, as Günther said, uh, sometimes ugly things. We have moulages that show somehow the beauty of diseases uh, like uh, erythema curatum or, or other diseases with really fascinating um, uh, pic um, yes, the picture is just fascinating and somehow aesthetic. And I think especially for lay people looking at our book, it is easier to look at the moulage, a picture of a moulage, to see how this disease looks in reality. And it's just not as ugly as if you show a picture of a patient uh, with that same disease and it looks the same, but still it's a bit uh, softer and, and more aesthetic. So moulages are something uh, in between the reality and, and, and art. Thank you. I think uh, um, also that a picture of a skin disease can be beautiful as if it's very typical. So when we have the ideal of a classical morphology, then the dermatologist says this is a beautiful eczema of psoriasis. And this has been very well worked out in the moulages, that's quite clear. Or in those old pictures or paintings you also have in your book, uh, Günther, from the Vienna masters, uh, showing the description yeah. of, depiction of the skin disease. Is this also, uh, has there been an exhibition of the artwork of medical textbooks? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're addressing, I think, especially Hebra's book. Yes. Uh, where where uh, in, in former times, there were no pho photographs. Maybe Michael can comment on this a little bit more. Um, photographs. So one had to have paintings. They were very, very expensive. And in Hebra's book, there are a lot of extremely nice pictures. They are not showing uh, the skin disease, but also the clothes with all the folds and the colors and whatever. So they are really arts. And especially Dr. Karl Heitzmann was the one who illustrated the Hebra books, and a few of these pictures are included in our common, in our in our our book, which we edited together. It's the the um, the clothing and and things like this um, had also. It was also the idea. Oliver, who made also such a nice uh, atlas, yeah. he wrote that he on purpose. Um, shows a lot around, so it makes the student, it's easier for the students to remember the person if it's a special person in a special surrounding, so that's probably one thing. The other thing is, as you said, uh, this book was extremely expensive, so no one actually really was able to buy it, so it was a disaster for Hebra from the financial uh, <laughs> point of view. Um, but it was probably not his intention. His intention was more to to uh, make a book that would not have been forgotten, uh, which he was successful in. Uh, we still talk about it. And 
it was with the help of the moulages again that the first books with good pictures that you could really use for teaching and learning dermatology, um, the moulages were used because um, in the at around 1903, four, five, six, seven, um, colored pictures were possible, but you had to have long exposure times and you had to expose three times for each color. And it was just not possible to make pictures of a moving object. So although it was very expensive, you could make a moulage and then moulages don't move. And then you could make colored pictures of moulages. So you find the first atlases that have been that students have been able to to buy because they were not so expensive. They all show pictures of moulages until the 1950s, and then uh, colored picture photography was able to to really be used in dermatology. You mentioned more than 2,000 moulages. Did I understand correctly? Yes. yes. Where do you put them? Is the hospital <laughs> large enough? <laughs> well, there is a, a public museum and okay. we show around 600 moulages. Wow. Um, the museum is, is part of the International Council of Museums. So, um, yes. And we have a depot for the rest. And what is most important um, in my team, I have now two professional restorers and conservers. Uh, that take care for these objects because wax, uh, they are more than 100 years old, is, uh, is not so easy to... It, well, on one hand, it's stable. On the other hand, it's extremely breakable and, and you have to take care of. So we are in a good position. We have a good depot so what are your, and a nice museum. What are your main competitors in Paris, Hôpital Saint-Louis, or are there other ones? Um, I think it's a, it's a network and a team. We're not okay. competitors. <laughs> and Louis uh, well, okay. is, is great, of course. Okay. Yes, but uh, concerning the, the conservative aspect, uh, Zurich is one of the leading institutions for actually all these collections when they have questions about uh, handling moulages or showing moulages. Maybe, can I, can I add something? Please, please. Maybe uh, Michael Geiges, as the head of this museum, is a little bit, or could be a little bit biased, one could think. <laughs> he, is not. he is not, because I really, um, I mean, not responsible for this museum, I really can confirm that this is an excellent collection, which was by uh, his uh, pre-successor uh, and, and, and uh, people before him, uh, Elspeth Stoiber and others, was collected and preserved over the, the, the World War, where these wax moulages were in danger to get melted. And she kept it. And now um, Michael Geiges is going on and conserving this in a, in a brilliant way. So I would like to confirm this. So one has to drop by. Yeah. Let's Welcome. switch the topic Welcome. a little bit. <laughs> yep. Let's take the skin now as a canvas to put art on top of the skin. You know, I'm talking <laughs> about people tattooing, piercings. 
uh, what is your opinion to that, Günter Burg? I mean, tattooing, piercing, burning, and all these techniques, and and also the cosmetics, some way. I have a a very bad bad lecture in my portfolio, which is um, skin or, or um, dermatology and cosmetics two sides of one coin and i'm always shouting about the, the a little bit i mean not it's there and and the need is there for cosmetics but you have to say a medicament which with such few effect and such high costs never would pass the fda or any other so this relationship between costs and effect is a little bit i mean uh strange yeah so But you would not give the young needed. people advice to be tattooed yeah. <laughs> no no yeah tattooed i mean uh, when we were young uh, uh johannes <laughs> long time ago you know that <laughs> You know that that the um, when we saw a, a tattooed person, we always thought him he comes from the sea or is a, yes. a socially underdog. And I mean, today it's 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 no longer that. It's yes. no longer. And I changed my mind completely. Which is uh, med from the medical historical point of view interesting, because you find the same comments every 50 years uh, if you look back even 200 years ago uh, people thought that tattooing was never really so common except then in their time when they were living so it's a change uh, in 200 years ago there were lots of tattoos but they were not shown on the street of course But um, high uh, upper class people, it was en vogue to have a tattoo somewhere. Uh, so I think um, probably it's, it's really a bit more often, but the difference is not so big. So tattooing seems to be somehow um, a need of the human being. And, and it's always looked at as if it would be strange and and something new in this way it is but from the medical historical point of view it's not really that case uh, it's just the, the impression we have but all the pre our ancestors had the same impression too okay so let's be very tolerant but coming back <laughs> yeah. to dermatology and art uh, people say medicine general is an art But I feel maybe dermatology is very special art. So, Günther, would you reflect a bit on why is dermatology a special art? Because of the visual aspect or? Yeah, they just uh, finished a, a very nice exhibition in the Zurich Kunsthaus, which was called, and uh, Katrin Hook the co-editor of the book, was the curator. This exhibition was called Take Care. And it dealt mostly with non-dermatology relationship between patients and doctors. Uh, so um, 
I think as we, we or I tried to state in the beginning, I think we are looking for a excellent product, which is a skin. And if this product or this object is deceased, we try to cure it and to make us beauty and nice and smooth because we all are vain, vain everybody. If Maybe it's not it, only... Uh, sorry, please hmm? continue. Okay. I'm finished. Um, maybe it's not only vanity. Um, I think to have uh, uh, smooth skin is not only the aesthetic part, but also a functional. So yeah. we can also always argue that we restore or maintain skin function yeah. doing those procedures. And so yeah. it's not only cosmetics what we are doing. And um, coming what, what I wanted to ask you about the visual capacity. I think the dermatologist has to have a very special talent in looking at objects and recognizing patterns and things. And um, is this a talent only or can this be taught? Can we teach our youngsters? I think it's both. It's it's genetically, I think, uh, we dermatologists all are morphologists in the first place. And therefore, we went into this discipline, I think. In former times, and maybe Michael Gages can comment on this, we were, uh, the, the visible um, period of dermatology was uh, hundred years ago or two hundred years ago, when Wieland described his lesions, and um, then this changed. Today we are looking much more on the invisible part. That means molecular biology and all the tests. We are looking under or into the skin functionally. But I think we are coming back again from function and from molecular biology back to more to poor morphology again because all these uh, sophisticated um, methods help us much better to understand what we see yes i i would agree that the basis of everything is is first what we see we usually make a differential diagnosis because of what we see and coming back to the question about the teaching, uh, of course, uh, it's uh, some people have it easier than others, but I always compare it with reading. Uh, if you have to learn the efflorescences as a student, it's not so easy, but it's like if you learn the ABC, which is not so easy in primary school. And I would say as a general practitioner, you're able to read some words, but if you really get, you you have a lot of exercise. I mean, we all, as, as doctors, we don't read words. We don't even read sentences. We look at them and we understand them. And sometimes we find a word that we don't know, and then we 
if it's bad, we really have to read the the, uh, the word itself to understand it. But usually we just look at it. And that's how it is in dermatology. First you read the words and then you read them so fast that you read the sentences. And by the years you look at the sentence or at the skin and you just see what it is without reading it. So there's a lot of practice. And, and once again, that's the reason why moulages and pictures and patients are so important in lectures. I like your comparison. So let's go to be the Shakespeare of the FRS lenses. <laughs> Perhaps some, some uh, goal. But um, finally, I, I, I have a question to both of you. Amatology and art, if this is so closely connected, do you know uh, good artists who are also good dermatology, you know, among the colleagues, some artists doing paintings or sculpturings? During the American Academy of Dermatology, there always every year is a exhibition of dermatologists who paint. Okay. I hate these a little bit, but that's my personal <laughs> feeling. I hate these non-professional um, uh, people who who try uh, to do something in addition, even though they are. But it's, I mean, the quality uh, is uh, it may be sometimes good, but mostly it's it's not so overwhelming, I would say. Okay. Um, and, but there are other people uh, who also uh, are doing this. It's uh, uh, there is one Dr. Parker, I think, uh, uh, who gave um, who who asked an an artist to paint deceased skin. And the artist is Irvin Albright. So uh, there are some uh, connections between, I mean, the, 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 the simple non-professional and the, the more professional people who really uh, are dealing with the skin as an object to be painted or to be sculptured or whatever. Thank you. So I think um, this was a very interesting round we had here. The skin in art, dermatology in art, dermatology as an art. And we can conclude that this is worthwhile to deal with this subject. It's especially worthwhile to read this book, Dermartology, by Burg, Geiges and Hook. And it is worthwhile to involve this uh, knowledge and this aspect into our teaching of students and residents. With this, thank you very much, Günter Burg. Thank you very much, Michael Geiges. And have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Before you go, a quick favor. If you are a regular listener to our podcast, we would love to hear from you. Your feedback will help us improve the show and develop episodes that you are interested in hearing. To participate in the short survey, simply follow the link in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for your support. It means a lot. We look forward to hearing from you. Until the next episode, take care of your skin.